Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. I'm going to tell a story, okay? So I went fishing, okay? A fishing story. This is all factual. And um, I'm going to get out of the car. And this is like two ridges over. That's where I live. I guess you would call it the mountains around here, but they're big hills. And so um, I get out, and somebody wrote a note and, like, posted on this rock, be careful, rattlesnake up ahead on the right. And I was like, oh, gosh. So I went the other way. (laughs) But I got curious. And so I said, I'm going to go back. And uh, I had my my flip-flops on. No. Okay, so um, I go back, and I'm ready for this thing. It's like I feel like I'm in some horror movie, and a ghost is going to pop out. And so I'm, like, walking down the path, and then there's a butterf- or a, uh, a grasshopper that has wings and goes, and I go, ah, and I turn around. There's just a grasshopper, and then it happens again and again, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a sissy. So I kept looking, but I didn't find the rattlesnake, um, but I kept walking, and this is my punchline. I found a giant, steamy pile of bear poop. <laughs> it, was, it was novel. I've never seen bear poop fresh. That's my story. I told you. It w- it's true. So have you ever seen, raise your hand if you've seen bear poop. Fresh, steamy. We've, okay, a couple. See, it's rare. Steamy bear poop. <laughs> I didn't want to, but it was, you know, it was a nice replacement for a rattlesnake. It was an accomplishment for me. I've never seen it. There isn't. That's just, it's like a hipster story. There's no punchline. It just goes. The end. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, whoa, I feel like Ben real loud. Okay, so wasn't last week awesome? You missed it. It was incredible. Remember, I mean, I didn't go on the beach trip. I wanted to, but I couldn't make it down. But last Wednesday, oh, my goodness, the worship, the ministry. Does anybody know what happened? Do you think God all of a sudden got in a good mood and was like, you know what? Okay, I'll give him some. (laughs) What do you think happened? Um, I feel like right now, you guys, as individuals and as a group, you have momentum. You have a measure of the fire of God on you. You know, you have a fire. You don't tend to it. It's going to go out. Um, And so I want to teach you how to burn. And I'm not saying nobody knows how to burn, but I want to teach you how to burn more. I want to teach you how to carry the momentum of what happened last week, what happened this week in worship, and carry it into next week. Um, What if what happened last week happened every Wednesday? What if what happened last week was actually an off night, and you were like, man, I was disappointed. What if God's normal became your normal. 
How did that happen? How did last week happen? That's what I want to talk about. Um, there was a guy who comes here. His name is Andrew Shearman. Does anybody remember him? Okay. All the older people. <laughs> this guy, he would preach, and then for ministry time, stand up. If you, were, if you were a male, this is what he would do. Okay? If you were a male and he was praying for you, he'd be like, you love God? And he'd smack you in the face. <laughs> I love you. love you. And he would challenge you to be strong after God. Okay? But he had this story. He had this story. He was ministering, I think, up in New England somewhere. And he goes to this church, and he's in worship, and they're singing, and it's all soft and quiet, and everyone has their hands at their sides. And he goes the first night, and he ministers. Nobody says anything. And he's like, wow, that's interesting. He goes the next morning, and he ministers, and nobody really responds that much. He goes the next night, and he goes to worship, and everyone's quiet. And he's like, wow, what the... This is interesting. And he, he pulls the pastor aside, and he said, well, I noticed that people, they're not very excited about worship. And he said, oh, no, we really love God. He said, um, we're just all very reserved here. And he said, oh, okay. And then he said, um, the pastor said, hey, tomorrow we're going to go to the, the, uh, the high school basketball game. Why don't you come with us? And he said, okay. And he goes to the basketball game, and all these quiet people who wouldn't do anything they, they get in there, and the game starts, and the old ladies are taking off their, their bonnets and, like, spinning around, going, woo! <laughs> and they start jumping and hooting and hollering, and he says, ha, I, I caught you. He said, you don't really love God. You love basketball. Do you see? Listen, I don't think that God did not make a person in this room who he didn't give a heart that is made of passion. You know, that my wife back there, Sarah, wave. <laughs> I love her so much. Almost every time I see her, I get a big smile and I do a little thing like this. And then I run over and it, it, if it's socially acceptable, I'll pick her up, kiss her on the cheek and spin her around. No, 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 no. Okay. I don't do that because it looks good. I do it because I like being with her so much. She makes me so happy. All right, all right, Trenton. All right, I'll start with you too. Okay. <laughs> I tell you, hmm, what scares Satan so much? It's not that you come to work to a uh, youth group on Wednesdays and you sit in worship and you stick your hands in your pockets. You do these. That doesn't scare him at all. What scares Satan, what makes him flee, is your worship. And not just your singing a song, because all those people Andrew Shimon was rebuking, they all sang the song, but God didn't really have their heart. So I'm saying that your passion scares him. And right now, something's happening in your hearts where your passion's being awoken. And it's not because you're doing anything better. You haven't changed at all. But what has changed is how you see him. See, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed. And so saying God is good is not nearly enough of the word to say. So it says, uh, well, I want to say this first. You know that worship is a weapon. I mean, it is like... An M60 
Or what are those rotating barrel things? Rye guy or Zach? A minigun. It is like a minigun. Worship is a minigun. Do you know what happens when you worship? You shoot it. That's right. You know, I had a dream once, and I was using worship as a weapon. And it, it was like a two-handed gun. Boom, 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 boom. It says in Psalm 22, it says that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. What that means is that the person Jesus, all of his power, all of his love, all of his resources, all of his miracles, the throne that's in heaven begins to come down to earth because you recognize who he is. It is very awesome. When you worship, you find out how close God really is. There's a, a story in the Bible where um, Saul is tormented. You guys know who King Saul is? He's the creepy guy who was persecuting David for no reason. Okay, and look what happens. A little boy who, just like you guys, you know, he was, he was your age. Do you believe that? Do you believe that your worship could set a king free? Okay, and so he was tormented. He would go in and he'd play his little, I don't know, a harp lute. If we saw it today, we'd probably laugh. And we're like, what the heck is that? <laughs> but he played his little thing and the demons fleed. Isn't that crazy? There's another story, and this is Paul and Silas. And, uh, do you guys know Paul and Silas? Okay. Yeah? Okay. They were on a missionary journey to Philippi. And uh, they started a riot. <laughs> and they got, they got beaten. And they got thrown in prison. No, this is Bible times. But it could happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> if you start a riot, watch the riot starting. Okay. So look it. Because, guys, what, what's happening right now is your worship is being released. It's being kindled in your heart. And worship is the most powerful force on earth. If you guys realize the power that is in your praise, you would realize the enemy said, I just want to put the fire out. I want to stop the momentum. I don't want them to come every Wednesday with such an expectation to encounter me. I want to slow this down and take them back to where they were back in May. But see... God is working with you. He's working with your heart. So these guys, they get arrested. They're in jail. They're in prison. They're in chains. And they start worshiping. And an earthquake happens. Well, first of all, how many have ever been in a prison? I'm not saying actually in a prison. But in a prison in your life. I, <laughs> not to visit. I'm talking about a spiritual reality where you feel like you have been stuck, where you feel like there's no way out of this, like you feel like you're in chains. See, what the enemy wants you to do in that situation is not worship. But you know what happened? They worshiped and an earthquake happened. An earthquake happened and it wasn't a natural earthquake. It was a supernatural earthquake. And every prison door opened. That would be weird. Oh, no, an earthquake. Psh. 
okay? And every single one of their restraints broke off. But here's the thing. It wasn't just Paul and Silas's restraints. It was the entire prison. God was, God was winning them. But do you hear this? Listen, your worship, you know, when Ryan worships, I feel freedom enter the room. His passion brings freedom. It really does. But Xavier, so does yours. It really does. Lydia, so does yours. Do you feel the power in your praise? And so the enemy is constantly working day and night to persuade you, one, that God doesn't love you. Or maybe he loves me, but, you know, he comes once a year at the youth retreat. He's the same as he was last Wednesday, today, right now. You know what worship does? Worship clears the sky so you can see who he is. Worship takes that reality and brings it down right into this room. Worship is a weapon. And I just think the Holy Spirit wants to weaponize your worship. Do you know how many people are connected to your praise every time you say the name of Jesus? You know, I love prophecy because, you know, you've heard this before, but one time I got this word and this guy said, I see a movie that's really unclear, but, but it's going to be in HD. And he said, that movie is your life. And I said, oh, thank you. And then I, I turn and I go over to talk to Sarah, who was not my wife. And she said, hey, I had a dream last night. There was a movie that was really unclear, but it was going to be in HD. And that movie was your life. I'm not special. I'm not any more special than you. God does not love me any more than he loves you. But prophecy tells you the, the script. And so the prophecy for this house is that revival begins with the youth. How do you know? How do you know that every time that you cast yourself upon God like this on a Wednesday that you're not taking ground? How do you know that there's not a prison out there and all these prisoners are going to get set free and you're going to spring open the doors? How do you know that that's not what's happening? I'm telling, I'm prophesying it is happening right now. It's what's happening in your life. I want to teach you to burn. You know, a lot of times what the enemy wants to do is he wants to turn off your worship and have you... Make your circumstances determine your God. God does not change. Worship is a weapon. And I want, see, I don't want just you guys weaponized because it's Wednesday night. I want you weaponized because everywhere you go, you carry the revelation of God that you never stop worshiping. You know, it's something special when you realize that you can cry out to God and he hears you. Do you know how good that feels? I know that about him. I know that I can say, Jesus, you're amazing. You know, Ryan was uh, singing a line. It says, we declare your glory. You know that nothing can declare the glory of God but you. Isn't that a powerful responsibility? You know, I think there's a roar inside of this ministry inside of you that God wants to release. And it's, only, it's not going to be released by just showing up. It's going to be released by you letting God unlock your passion. And, <laughs> and being like David, you know, I, I said last week, 
that uh, it says in Zephaniah 317 that God, that he dances over you. You know? That he twirls around and that he sings over you. That's the God who we're worshiping. You know, it's, it's always, when I, when I see my wife and I do that, she goes, oh, and, and I, she does this thing, and then she runs to me, and we collide. So I'm just saying God is the one who's pursuing you, and not as a religion, as a law, but as an encounter. See, what worship does, it makes God now. It makes God here. The moment you worship, the moment you open your mouth, and I, I dare some of you this week, all by yourself, Close your eyes and worship him and watch the presence that shows up in your life. This podcast was recorded live at Wednesday Night Youth Meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.